Welcome, this is On Mike with Jordan Rich, the podcast that celebrates creativity, artistry, and humanity. As mentioned, I have written a book. It's my first, and I'm pretty proud of it. But I couldn't have pulled it off, not without help. And you'll meet the guy who really made it possible for me to complete this project in just a moment. But first, the book. Lots of radio stories about formats, program directors, celebrities I've met, and more. It's called On Air, My 50-Year Love Affair with Radio. So it is radio-centric. But also, it gives me a chance to share my personal story, my love for performing, losing my first wife to cancer, walking into a crime in progress that could have ended my life, my encounter with depression and mental illness, and quite a few more high points. And I want you to know that I'm donating all proceeds and royalties to Boston Children's Hospital, a longtime favorite charity of mine. Okay, the good friend who helped me every step of the way in this process is a writer's writer. His name is Stephen White. Steve has ghosted a slew of business-to-business books, allowing entrepreneurs and CEOs to market their services in a very effective way with their own published book. He's also working with folks like me on family stories, on memoirs, historical fiction, not to mention Steve's own novels and nonfiction. He's a one-man gang handling all of the details, allowing me and others to bring forth a book, something in the past that wasn't nearly as possible. So I'm thrilled to welcome a scribe and a publisher and someone I call a friend. Steve White joins us on mic. I'm sitting down with a man who helped me write my first and only book. Maybe not my last book, but my first and only one, Stephen A. White. Welcome, sir. Good to see you, Jordan. Well, I saw a lot of you in about a year's time, more than I've ever (laughs) imagined. More than you probably wanted to. We'll talk about the process. My book is called On Air, My 50-Year Love Affair with Radio. And thanks for helping me with the title as well as everything else. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a pleasure, Jordan. And on the podcast here, uh, we'll do a special edition so I can talk more fully about it. But what an amazing process. And I learned a lot. And I was really impressed with how you work. Before we get to me and what you did for me, in general, uh, how do you catalog what it is you do? You're, you're, you're more than just a writer. Well, what I did was um, I created my own publishing company, so to speak. Um, recently, it's becoming um, very advantageous for people to um, publish their own books and get them up on Amazon. Um, and it's not as hot as people think, Jordan. It's, it's um, you know, everybody has a book in them, whether it's a book about, you know, law or a book about your family. And before people used to be worried, oh, I have to write it. Now I have to send it to, I have to get an agent. I have to send it to a publishing company. I got to wait a year. But everything is easier now. And um, I've just been able to streamline the process where I can help anyone write the book they want to write, get it up on Amazon, and then help them promote it if they would like. Who are some of your clients besides me? (laughs) Well, my clients have... um, Encompassed quite a few industries. Uh, I've written quite a few books um, for people who specialize in insurance, um, work comp or personal insurance. Um, I wrote about uh, Elder Law, uh, an attorney for Elder Law, uh, another company that provides caregivers for um, people who are elderly and have to stay at home. Now, that's not to suggest that you don't have a sexy side, if you'll pardon the expression, <laughs> writing thrillers and historical fiction and all kinds of stuff. Well, I'll tell you, the, the most unique one is I had a woman um, come to me with bits and pieces of her family's history. Uh, she knew that her grandfather you know, immigrated from Lebanon to Italy to Argentina to Quincy, Quincy, Massachusetts, mm-hmm. um, and he was a priest. 
So, but that's about all she knew, other than the fact that her grandmother actually shot and killed somebody in a cemetery in Quincy in 1938. Um, mm. So, it was my job to go back and create a scenario using historical fact, kind of what if. Well, we know that he immigrated from uh, Italy to Argentina in the 19, early 1900s, but she didn't know why. Well, you and my research, I found out that Italy at the time was getting ready to invade North Africa. So I said to myself, okay, maybe he's afraid of getting um, drafted into the army and he's got a family. So they take off for Argentina. We created a scenario where now she kind of has an idea of more of her family history. Sure, it's fiction, but now at least she has something to grasp onto. And it was a wonderful, a wonderful. The, the title is again uh, Ursilia, which is the um, um, name of her grandmother mm. uh, who shot the um, person. Well, you're a natural born storyteller. You love this stuff, and and Steve has done hundreds and hundreds, maybe thousands oh. of essays, articles. You were a theater critic, a music critic. You've done it all, so it must be really gratifying to uh, do your own novels and churn them out as well as help people like me. Well, you know, that all also started back in 1978. I, I wrote a 300-page um, novel on a typewriter, hmm. and I never did anything with it. But at the earlier, the end of last year, I looked at these 400 pages, and I had no electronic copy of it. It just hmm. was pages. So I paid my youngest daughter to create a Microsoft Word document, and I got it up on Amazon. And from then, I've published um, about two other ones since, mm. um, including the one about the woman who had the um, the grandfather. And it's I enjoy it because I can write for myself and I can write for other people. I want to talk about the work you do for others first, and then I of really course. want to focus on how you write your pieces for yourself. And one recent book that I just read and reviewed is really fun. It's a what-if thriller. It has to do with Hitler and uh, the rise of Nazism in America. It's really great. But let's get back to the uh, to the process. I know that it's a little different for, depending on the individual, but of course. if there's a skeleton key to unlocking the, the process, what would it be? And how do you work with people in general? Well, I work with people in a number of ways, Jordan. Some people might have already written something, but they don't have it edited. They don't have it formatted. They're, they're missing the part that makes it a book. Other people have – they know what they want to say, but they have no idea how to say it. For those people, I will actually interview them. I'll interview them on the phone or video and record the video. I'll have it transcribed, and then I'll write what was said, and then they get to edit it, you know, like you did. You well, know, that's what happened with me, right. Absolutely. Uh, and it made so much sense. And here I am, Mr. Interview. I've done thousands of them, and I – I had no real starting place. You got me going with the, the chronological interview, and we did it over several weeks, and it was very effective. Well, the whole thing starts with an outline. I mean, for, for you, Jordan, it was easy because we could do it chronologically. Mm -hmm. You know, we start with the early years, and we work our way up until— Until the elderly years. Until the elderly years. <laughs> um, but we found—I think you and I found that it was easier to go chapter by chapter. Mm. Um in almost chronological order. We jumped around a little bit, but for the radio stuff, we definitely went in chronological order. Yeah, it's a, it's a basic tale of me in one radio market all my life, jumping from job to job and meeting people along the way. But um, 
here's my situation. I've always been a, a creative person. I love to write. I can write commercials. I can write essays, edit, uh, even articles occasionally. But the idea of writing a book, even a short book, although this one turns out to be about 250 pages. Yeah, it's a good book. Uh, even that was so daunting. It felt unreachable to me, and you made it much more reachable. Well, you know, the, the thing is people don't write anymore. I mean, we live on, what, 400 characters in a, a Twitter or an Instagram. <laughs> but the problem that I did see with a lot of people I was writing for industry books mm-hmm. is they're experts at what they do, but when they try to write something, it sounds like a brochure. You know, they're writing almost like to their industry, where they should be writing to the people who want to use their services. But, you know, I think what made your book so excellent um, was that we made it Con- uh, conversational, you know. Yes, you mentioned in the book that um, you bought your first tape recorder at bought SNH Green Stamps. Yes. Well, we, you and I, we did the research. We found out where that store was. We found out, you know, the year and the month you probably went in. We, 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 we talked about how maybe you were the only kid who bought a tape recorder, and everybody else was buying GI Joe. I equate what you did for me to what a trainer would do to somebody wanting to get into shape or a coach because there were shortcuts that uh, I thought we could take. And you said, no, 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 we have to get this right. And thank God you said that because you really taught me a lot. And I realized once I started rewriting some of the uh, the initial stuff in my own voice, the process really flowed that much smoother. And I, I started to really enjoy it. Yeah, I, I think what it is, is I, I gave you the base. Mm-hmm. I mean, I gave you as much as I could about you, but only you know about you. And I think what also helped was, and I tell this to all my clients, Jordan, is you got to start with an outline. If you don't start with an outline, you're lost. You know, you really have to. Absolutely. And I want to talk to you about the logistics because, as you said at the beginning of our chat today, Steve, the possibility of getting published used to be absolutely off the wall impossible. You had to get an agent to even breathe on you. That was not going to happen, uh, even to pick up the phone. But now with the Amazon model, which is Mm -hmm. a great model, you can do just that. So, all right, let's 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 take some of the initial steps as well. I'm working on the project. I'm writing it, rewriting it after you're providing me with the, the basic structure. Other things are going on, including artwork and so forth. Give us a little sense as to what that's all about. Absolutely. While it's being written and while it's being edited, I have a designer creating the front cover and the back cover. Uh, also the spine, which you really can't do a final because it depends on how many pages you end up with because it's the width. So the, my designer is creating the front cover and the back cover while we're creating the, the, um, the text. Right. Then once we have the text proofread and we feel good about it, then it has to be formatted specifically um, the margins, the kerning, the point size, because everything, including the covers, has to be uploaded to Amazon. So what happened was once we, you and I, once we knew where we were on it and we were comfortable with the cover and we loved it, then it was my job to upload it to Amazon, and that takes about about a couple of hours because sometime Amazon will come back and say, well, this margin's a little bit over and mm. this picture's a little bit fuzzy. By the way, are you dealing with a human being at no. that point? You're dealing no. with an there, no, algorithm no, machine? There's no human beings at Amazon. <laughs> um, Large women, I thought, but that's <laughs> a different going. Amazon. So you upload everything, and then what happens is it takes – Oh, this is important too. You're uploading it as a paperback and as a ebook. 
a download of like a Kindle, mm -hmm. electronic version. So you load it up, and then they review it, whoever this large woman is. Um, it takes about 24 hours before the electronic version is available on Amazon. And it takes about two to three days before the paperback version is available. So once they're on there, and we're, you're also you're creating how much you want to charge for the book. Right. So once everything is up on Amazon and live, I let my clients know, hey, you're published, you're up there. And then what I do for my clients um, is I track their sales. You know, how many books they sell, how many ebooks they sell, how much they're going to get paid by Amazon per ebook sold and per paperback book sold. Now, they also have the option, once I upload, Jordan, Amazon tells me how much it will cost you to buy your own book. That's called the author rate. Author's copies. Author's copies. Author's copy. And it's usually, it's based on the number of pages. Well, the the, the bottom line is, folks, uh, for me anyway, I feel very comfortable knowing that there's somebody who's handling all of that. <laughs> I had enough trouble just coming up with the words. But uh, it's really an amazingly streamlined and very economical process for young, struggling writers like myself, because you don't have to have 10,000 copies sitting in a warehouse somewhere that you've already paid for. Absolutely. And there's no limit. You can order one author copy up to 999 at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just tell people, don't order what's going to get stuck in a warehouse. Well, what I've done is been sending them out to people I mentioned in the book and friends and, you know, really special people yeah. uh, signing the books. And it's been great fun. But I really think the process is what I wanted to highlight, the fact that Steve has been one of these guys who just – Johnny on the spot, if there's an edit or a change before we go to print – I mean, you were able to shift and make things happen, and uh, it's just a great process. Well, I've put, including my own books, I've put, I think, 12 books up on Amazon this year alone since February. One-man wrecking crew. You know, and it, it's really worked out well, and I just keep my clients updated. I tell them, this is how many books you sold. This is, your, this is how much you got coming to you monthly. I send them a check at the end of the month. Amazon pays me. I pay them. Now, what, what about the, uh, the spread? I'm one of the, uh, the personal story people as opposed to the business person is trying yeah. to you know, now, market. Now that's uh, a, are, you, are you looking to expand the kind of thing that uh, you and I did? I'm looking to do two things. One is to expand the business, you know, people in business, in industry who want to write a book because it's only going to ratchet up their credibility portion. Sure. I yeah. mean, if you're off speaking at the Chamber of Commerce or somebody and you have your books on a table, that just increases your credibility. And I also tell people who are writing books, business books, we'll call them business books as opposed to novels. Think of it as a way, you're not going to get rich. Right. <laughs> You've got to think of it as a marketing tool. Of course. I mean, that's what it is. If you think you're going to be James Patterson or Stephen King, it's just not going to happen. No. Now, there's also the ego of seeing your book on Amazon. Admit it. I love it. You love it. Absolutely the coolest thing because I, mean, I, I don't know. I go to Amazon 50 times a day to, to, to look check. at it. Well, not to look at – well, yes, to look at mine now I do. <laughs> but, no, I would do that anyway because I have so many authors that I uh, interact with, Steve. And, yep. of course, I'm so familiar with the Amazon format, and it's kind of cool to see it up there. But you said at the beginning, everyone has a story. Well, it, it, it's true because think about how many people, Jordan, have written the great American novel. They've written – and they don't know what to do with it. Mm. They, don't, they just don't know what to do with it. It's stuck on their desktop or in a box. It's my job to – Take that 
work with them, create the actual entity of a novel, edit it, proof it, get it up on Amazon. Well, you did something for, uh, well, I mentioned his name, Paul Yervino, who's a mm-hmm. fellow we know, um, local guy, and he wrote a book that's a big, thick, 600-page oh, like, like monster. The, the Manhattan Yellow Pages. But he did write this, and for years, I've talked to him over the years, and he kept saying, I'm looking for a publisher. I'm looking for an agent. Nobody will listen to me, and that's very, very common. And finally, I said, when I got to know Steve was doing this so aptly, I said, you've got to deal with somebody who can get this done. You got it done within what, a couple of weeks? We had it, He had his book up on Amazon probably in three weeks. And what's amazing, too, is, I mean, for full disclosure, I get paid for my services. Putting it up on Amazon is free. Amazon does not charge you a penny. Because mm-hmm. they're making their cut. They're making their cut every time somebody buys a book or when you order your own book. Mm-hmm. That's how they make it. It's, it's print on demand. They don't have 500 copies of Jordan's book sitting in a warehouse so that when you order it, they send it to you. When you order it, they print it. It comes in a couple of days anyway. You know, it's, it's what a world. thing. It, what it, a world. It's amazing. Well, before we get to um, your own work, people can reach you. What's the best way? Well, I, do, I did um, create a publishing website. Mm-hmm. It's called, interestingly enough, Steve White. Publishing. Steve White Publishing. And they can also get me at my email, which is an AOL account. Don't judge me. I have one, uh, too. Uh, S. White JB, like the initials John Bob, at AOL.com. Stephen A. White. Let me talk to him for a minute. Sure. I got a chance to read that 1978 transfer to 19 or 2019 yeah. or 2020 novel, which was a lot of fun, a, a, almost a coming-of-age story in the 70s and 80s, and it was, it was really well done. And I just finished uh, one called uh, The Voice of Rage and Ruin, which is a what-if, has to do with Hitler and Eva Braun. Already it's interesting when you say yes. that. And you've got another one that's in the pipeline that sounds like a really fun thriller. Well, fun is, is, is an interesting to put it. Um, <laughs> the, the, the first book you mentioned, the one about the coming of age, was Time Passages. Time Passages. Um, which is a, obviously the name of a Al Stewart song, which mm-hmm. we all love. Um, and when I wrote the second book, The Voice of Rage and Ruin, which is a lyric from Bad Moon Rising by Credence. I, couldn't, right. I didn't want to use Bad Moon Rising for the title because there's already like 10 books you can't copyright a book title. This is interesting. That's true. You can, you can, there can be a 50,000 on air Absolutely. books, and there probably I, are. But not as good as yours. <laughs> um, so, what I did was I took a couple of characters from the first book and incorporated them into the second book, um, The Voice of Rage and Ruin, which was kicking around in my head for quite a few years anyway. And that one has to do with. That's the one, you know, we, we have, you know, as you mentioned, Hitler has a child, it's, it's sent off to the United States. It's raised um, to become a political powerhouse. And the whole idea, the premise, too, is that there's a group that's behind the scenes creating the economic downfall of 2008. Which is pretty interesting. And there are other historical things that the group is involved with. I'll just leave it at that. Exactly. That that was was my excited rise when I was reading it. I said, oh, boy, he threw that in there. There you go. Meaning this cabal of Nazis, uh, neo-Nazis. Well, it made made sense because they wanted to put Hitler's son into power when the country's at its lowest, which is just the way Hitler did it in the 30s when Germany was at its lowest. So there is kind of a a thing. It's a lot of fun. And uh, it's called The Voice of Rage and Ruin. And the new one that is not yet done. The one we're working on now is called Murder at 33 RPMs, which, as most people know, a 33 RPM is a record album. 
Indeed. And I have to say this, uh, if you ever get a chance to Zoom with this gentleman privately when you hire him to write your book, <laughs> you'll notice behind him in his office an amazing array of memorabilia. You really are. I mean, I, when I first met you, Steve and I knew each other. You worked for a bank, and I was one of your customers. But I knew your avocation. Yep. And your vocation were two different things. But you loved movies and theater and music. So you have a huge collection of memorabilia. Tell us about that. I'm a, I'm a pop culture fanatic. I mean, I have pop culture stuff in my office. Um, I have a swinger camera. You know, meet the swinger, <laughs> Polaroid swinger. You know, with that little purple goop used to put on it. Yeah. Um, I've got, you know, I'll, I'll tell you a quick funny story. Um, I have 1,400 CDs. Okay, um, I was leasing. I was leasing my car, um, a 2017, and I went to turn it in to get a 2020, like most people do. And I'm about to sign the papers for the 2020. My wife says, "Don't sign the papers." I said, "Why? There's no CD player in the car." Oh. I said, "What? There's no CD player." I said, "What am I going to do with 1,400 CDs? Because the only place I listen to them is in my car." So I solved it by buying the 2017 car that had the CD you player. You bought the car? <laughs> I bought the car. For the Just pl- for the CD player. Well, uh, the action figures is what I was thinking Oh, yeah. About. I mean, You've got uh, some great ones. Well, not so much action figures. What they are is um, when I was a kid, I used to do Aurora models. Yeah. Did you have the Universal Monster series? I had them all. I had oh, those. I had you know, superheroes. I had them all in, in the early 1960s. Of course, they've gone by the wayside. But about five years ago, Amazon... Brought them all back. Mm. So I went back and rebought them and made about 70 of them. So they're all sitting in my office. You know, we didn't even mention the the book on nostalgia and the book on music. And we, we should talk about that because oh. Steve is a, a walking encyclopedia for a lot of this stuff. Uh, you turned me on to one of the great classic horror movies of all time. You know which one? Which one? Sam Raimi's. Um, Evil, Evil Dead. Evil Dead, yes. 1983. With Bruce Campbell. I owe you that uh, great debt because I've become a fanatic. But talk a little bit about the, the other book that you did well, what, recently. What happened was over the years, I've been, as Jordan, as you mentioned, I've been a, um, a music critic. Mm-hmm. I was a music promoter. I promoted a lot of bands, um, a lot of classic rock bands, uh, Grand Funk, Three Dog Night, Fifth Dimension, uh, in concert. And I also, back in the early 90s, put out a 60s newsletter called American Pop, where I would do stories about the old Beatles cartoons and about models and Forrest Ackerman from Famous Monsters of Filmland and Gary Lewis, the Playboys. So I, I realized I had on cassette about 80 interviews with everybody from the Dave Clark Five to Jan and Dean. So I transcribed them all and put them in a book called American Pop. And so this book contains 50 or 60 um, short interviews with musicians and TV stars like Larry Storch and Bob Denver, all from the 60s. Um, Plus it interweaves it with essays I've written about um, the villains of the 60s or famous magazines or fashions of the 60s. Um, And that was fun. A great catalog of personal products, as they say, and an amazing array of creative output for people in the business world, but also for people like uh, yours truly. I cannot thank you enough for allowing me to live a dream, which is to write a book. And I wrote it really for my kids and my grandkids, a legacy book. Of course, I happen to have an audience as well that is loyal and lovely, and I, I share it now with the general public. I'm glad you mentioned legacy, and I think this is important too. There are a lot of people who have family history 
And right now it might just be photographs or just they know pieces of it. And they have nothing to leave their kids and their grandkids to show what their roots were, what their family was like, where your grandmother came from, what your father did, how he was in the war. But now you can actually write this and it will live forever on Amazon and it will live forever on their bookshelf. My book, by the way, I I don't publicize it enough on the podcast. I I am starting today, however. Uh, My book is called uh, On Air, My 50-Year Love Affair with Radio. All proceeds that I receive, that I get, my royalties, I'm donating to Children's Hospital Boston. And Steve was responsible for me, getting me off my duff to do it and, and providing me with such great guidance. I can't say enough about it. It means a lot to have you on this podcast to share with people and stevewhitepublishing.com. That's right. Just the way it sounds. Folks, if you really are at that turning point in your life and you're wondering, <laughs> am, I, am I Tom Hanks in that movie Castaway? I'm in the crossroads. What do I do with all these words? See my friend Steve. He'll take good care of you. Great to see you, my friend. My pleasure, George. It's always a pleasure. Steve White, a writer, an editor, a publisher, and a guy who's enabling people like me and maybe like you to live a dream and write and publish a book. Once again, I invite you to check out my new website, jordanrich.com, for details on my book, On Air, My 50-Year Love Affair with Radio. Thanks, as always, to Dan Tebow of Fast Twitch Media, to Ken Carberry at Chart Productions, and, of course, to you and all of you who are discovering the podcast for the first time. Welcome to the family. As always, I end by saying be well so you can do good. This is Jordan. Take care.